Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 502.0. And what happened? Oh, my God. So when I created the episode, I only created it for 15 minutes and not two hours. What a fuck up. I have never done that in 500 episodes. This is the first time that I did it. And now I've got a special anniversary uh, highlight, awesome show happening here. And it's only 15 minutes long, and I fucked up. Uh, for that, I deeply and grossly apologize, and uh, we'll continue on. But we've got a two-hour show coming up, starting right now, and we're going to go away. So we've done most of the intros. We did all the thank yous for the show, everything else. We're going to jump right into football. I'm going to open up the mics right now for the boys, and we're going to start talking football. Uh, will and Charles, you are both here, guys. Uh, we've been talking off the air for 15 minutes, waiting for the show to start. So are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So let's look in. Let's looking back at uh, last week, the week 12 of the 2022 CFL football season. Um, We had the first game, which was Thursday night. It had the Calgary Stampeders into Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. Now this was a pretty exciting game. It went back and forth. It uh, ended up with some decently scores, some high points, and. not necessarily the outcome that everybody wanted. Uh, Winnipeg uh, did, was victorious again. They're now 10-1. and one. Uh, And they're in uh, first place in the West, first place in the league. No problems there. Will, you actually went to Winnipeg for your best buddy's daughter's wedding or something like that, if I remember correctly. And uh, you went to the IGS Stadium to see this game. So you tell us about the game, tell us about the stadium, tell us about anything you want. Well, the the biggest the biggest problem, okay, the stadium is fantastic. The only problem with the stadium is it's full of bomber fans. <laughs> that was an issue well, yeah. for me. But but yeah. but they are they are pretty they are pretty amazing fans, okay? You know, one of the things I was going to say, and when Mark Weddle was on the show, he used to always, we used to always say to him, the stadium didn't look full, and he said, oh, they're all by the rum hut doing their thing. I was amazed at how much of the crowd is actually standing on either end zone watching the game. And it's, it's set up so that they can mingle with each other, and they constantly walk around the stadium nonstop, and and now I understand why nobody's in seats. Okay, so, um, but of course the game was uh, the game was good. The game was excellent. It was back and forth, and Christopher didn't mention this, but the Calgary Stampeders played their new starting quarterback, Jake Mayer. Oh yeah, and uh, Jake Mayer, and. He was uh, he was what I've been looking for all season, to be honest with you. Um, he was poised. He threw the ball with authority. They ran the ball. They did everything they did. 
the thing I've noticed most about every single team that loses to Winnipeg is there is three or four opportune moments during the game and the teams that lose to Winnipeg, which is all of them this year except for one, Montreal. Um, don't take advantage of those three or four opportunities. Right. And Calgary yeah, was correct. exactly the same way. Calgary was exactly Again. the same way. They didn't take advantage of their opportunities. And Winnipeg just comes along and scores points when they need to and kicks field goals when they need to. And they won the game once again. I still believe Winnipeg is beatable. And I don't want to say they're going to win the Great Cup this year, but they got a pretty freaking good chance of winning the whole thing again. So, yeah, we, we shall see. Yeah. I don't think they're as Go good ahead. as their record, and I don't think they're as good as people, as Bomber fans would like them to think they are. They have not blown out a team this year. And there's been some teams that have been ripe for the blowout. And, yeah, they, they say they blew BC out, but they did not. They did not. If, I mean, if you look at the actual stats of the game, BC held their own all the way through. They just fucked up in the first 10 minutes and got behind it, and they couldn't catch up. Yeah, I know Bomber fans just think I'm being a homer by saying that, but in reality, it's true. So, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Charles. Talk about this game. Yeah, I was going to bring up kind of the same point that the um, the Bombers, while they're now, what, 10-1, and one, they, yeah, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They haven't blown anybody out. It's not like they're beating teams by 30, 40 points. They're, a lot of these games are single-digit wins. They're not big wins. So they're games that, while they're winning, they're games that could go either way. So, and they've had three against Calgary, and Calgary could have very easily won all three. They had a couple against Ottawa in the earlier in the season, and Ottawa could have won yeah. both of them. So uh, it's not like you're blowing, they're blowing people out. Um, but they're getting the job done. But uh, you got to think that in time, it's going to catch up with them. It always is. It reminds me a lot of the 2005 BC Lions. Remember, they went 11-0 and that year. And in a lot, yeah. a lot of times in that season, the lion, that Lions team, they were squeaking out wins. And what happened? One loss caught up to them, and then they started to free fall. Because this yes. is a team that hadn't learned. That was a team that didn't learn how to lose. So this is a, a thing the Bombers got to be careful about right now because you get one loss, especially if it's a bad loss, it can tend to spiral. Now they came back well after losing to Montreal. They got the win over Calgary, another hard-fought game, another two-point game. But they're going to have to um, really uh, tighten up, I think, uh, because I think down the road, especially with the weather's going to be starting to turn soon, those close games could go the other way very easily. So while it's good that they're winning, they got the win, they're 10-1, and one, uh, I still think they have work to do. Yeah. Uh Hundred percent agree with you. I'm just doing some some math right here, and 120, 121. Calgary is 56. So, um, Calgary is 
Winnipeg is tw- ten and one, and their point differential is eighty-seven. Okay. Um. But they're ten and one. BC is eight and two, which is pretty damn good, and their point differential is a hundred and twenty-one. Okay. And and they played one less game than Winnipeg. Okay. And then Calgary, who also has played one less game than Winnipeg. Well, you're making noise. Uh, their point differential is only 56, but they've lost four games. Okay. Um, Saskatchewan's point differential is only eight. There's only eight points difference between Saskatchewan's for and against uh, points, but they've also lost five games. Uh, Edmonton's numbers are reversed, so that doesn't really count, nor does it help us. But, you know, just on doing that, they haven't scored that many more points than their opponents. In 11 games, they've only scored 87 points more. That's not even, that does not average eight points a game. It doesn't average eight points a game victorious over them. Yes, one of them was a loss, so then you got to say it's okay. It's about averaging about ten points a game because one of them's upside down. But that's not spectacular. And I mean, like BC, who is eight and two, have a hundred and twenty-one points difference. And you know, that's not eight victories done. It's you know, we're we're going up there. We're definitely in the double digits. Uh, Calgary is, is closer, but then they've lost a few more games, than, but mostly the Winnipeg. I don't know. Hey, anyhow, that was just kind of something that I found was interesting. Uh, I was impressed with Jake Mayer. I, I, I enjoyed watching him play football. I, I knew that he was going to be a, a, a good player. I knew he was going to be an addition to the Calgary St. Peter's football team. I cannot believe they waited this long to put him in. Uh, but uh, I, hopefully, it, you know, things turn around for Calgary now because I picked them to win the division, the, the league, and, and, and be in the Grey Cup. Um, I'm kind of hoping that that still happens in one aspect. I kind of hope BC because I didn't think BC was going to be as good as they are. Uh, so I kind of still want Calgary to perform and do something, but I, I figured they would have seen Jake Mayer a lot sooner than game number 10 in the year. And uh, – Will, what's your stat? What's your belief on Bo Levi Mitchell? What's going to happen with him for the rest of the season? Well, nothing's going to happen to him because you're not going to be able to trade him, and he will probably end no, up no, somewhere no. else next year. He'll probably you think he'll go somewhere else, or do you next... think he'll just retire? Well, I don't think he'll retire. I, I would he sign as the backup in Calgary? It's a possibility. Because he does have he does have thoughts about coaching, and and Calgary would be a good place for him to start. Um, well, but, he lives there. Know, He's got good roots, strong roots there. Yeah. You know, one of the things Charles was saying about Winnipeg, the games are close, but I think that's the biggest thing with Winnipeg is their games are close, but they have that gear where they need to score points. They score points and they win the game. Okay, and bottom line, like I've said a thousand freaking times before, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get the W. And with Calgary, you're bringing up those stats uh, with Calgary. 
that stuff doesn't matter. All that matters is the win. And my biggest issue, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you about Jake Merritt. He did look great. But bottom line, what the hell is that? What? Holy shit! That the noise in the background. What is that? What noise? Anyway, anyways, bottom line, bottom line is yes, Jake Mayer looked good, but once again, Jake Mayer has won one game for Calgary and lost three. So, I don't care what his fucking stats are. He's got to start winning football games. Well, okay. That simple. Now, I got into an argument online with a guy yesterday, and it had to do with Bo Levi Mitchell's stats and, and the record yeah. that he holds that will never be broken. And I said, okay. what record does Bo Levi Mitchell hold that will never be broken? And he says, the most victories by a rookie qu- quarterback. And I said, those aren't his stats. That's, that's a team that's, stat. That's not. Yeah. No, no. He's had the best start ever of any quarterback in the CFL. That's what his record is. Okay? But in reality, and I don't those think are anybody will stats. break that. Are they not? Well, well how, sure, how? you can look at it any way you want to, but it's still in the record books, okay? They bring it up all the fucking time. So... Whether it's a stat or, I mean, you know, Zach Kolaris, for example. Go ahead. Yeah, he's 29 or 30 and 1 since coming to the Bombers. Yeah, but he probably holds, two. He probably holds, the, he probably holds the record for most concussions in, the CF, in CFL history. Okay? Yep. And most missed games in CFL uh, no, history. I think Buck Pierce does that. Buck Pierce holds that record, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God, that's so, a good point. He got... Concussions constantly. I mean, record, records don't matter, anyways. It, bottom line, it comes down to wins at the time. And right now, Zach Claris is on top of the cloud. But once again, he is one hit away from not playing football anymore, I believe. Well, I mean, and, so is sorry. Nathan Rourke proved that, didn't he? Right. But the only yep. way, okay, so the only way, and, and I'm going to throw this out there. And I don't think there's a big difference between Calgary, Winnipeg, and a Nathan Rourke quarterback, BC Lions team, okay? Bottom line, I do believe if Zach Kolaris stays healthy, the Bombers are going to win everything all over again. He's, he's the most amazing quarterback I've seen in decades. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I've been, how long have I been saying that, guys? How long? Years and years. Since you said he was that before Toronto. he was even the Bombers, I, yeah. I said that when he was in Toronto, before he went to Hamilton, before he went to Saskatchewan, before he missed seasons because of concussions. I, I think he was the most talented quarterback that I have seen in a long, long time, since Ricky Ray was young. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I love Mike Riley. Mike Riley was one of my favorite quarterbacks of all times. And Buck Pierce, too. Um, but he was just a tough motherfucker. 
Was he overly talented as a quarterback? No. He just stood in there and made the play. Okay? If he took a hit, so what? Okay? He was there to make the play. That's what I appreciated about Mike Riley. What I appreciated about Zach Caleros was he was so talented of a quarterback. But the problem was Ken Austin killed him by not having an online to protect him. <coughs> I mean, you know, we've all seen the mistakes that teams make when BC Lions kept Travis Lule instead of Mike Riley. Can you imagine what would have happened to the BC Lions during that period of time, Charles? Wouldn't it have been amazing? But we saved but Zach, or we, we, we kept Travis Lule. If Toronto had say, kept Zach Caleros instead of Ricky Ray, where would they have been? Yep. Okay. So I, I, I think Zach Caleros is the best quarterback in the CFL now for the last year, for the last five years. Long before he went to the Bombers. And I've been saying that all along. Now, is he one hit away from, yeah, the, the, the short bus? 100% he is. But then, shit. Nathan Most quarterbacks are. years old was one hit away from the wheelchair. From the operating room, right? That could have been a career-ending injury. And it did, his career didn't even get started. No, I'm a. Most quarterbacks are one hit away from the, the end of their existence. Without without a doubt, and and Bo is on the decline in Calgary. I honestly don't think that he's going to go to another team. I think he's smart enough to know that he won't perform well on another team that he has to be with Calgary because Calgary, is it the system? Is it what? Because Calgary has always made him look really well. I'm not going to get in right now and, and, and criticize Bo Levi. I, personally, I like the guy. Um, he's really shown me a different side of him than I thought there was. I'm going to use a word that I would never have used with Bo. He seems to be humble. And I, I, I'm showing a little bit of respect for him, I, especially in, since taking this back seat. And now, yes, he's, he's made come public and said, you know, for the good of the team, for whatever it takes, uh, yada, yada, yada. Those are all canned speeches. We all know those ones come out. You could have heard the same one from 100 a, a different quarterbacks in many different leagues. But I think he kind of means it. He's there for the long haul. He's a Calgary Stampeder. He will never wear another uniform. I don't think he'll wear another uniform. If he does not play next year, he will retire. If he plays next year, it will be in a backup capacity for the Stampeders, hoping that he can outbeat Jake Mayer for the number one position. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's a Calgary Stampeder. Yeah, but you also That's forget my belief. something else. You also forget something what? else. That oh, is very. That, I forgot Sparky. That's tonight. very. That's, that's very scary. Jake Mayer. What? His contract is up at the end of this year. Yeah, so they make him a rich and, man. Yeah, and he is a free and he is a free agent. But no, no, no. 
there's a bunch of other teams out there that might go after him, okay? And you know how yeah. tough Nagel is with those kind of things, okay? He so lets them go usually. That's all I'm, go ahead. Hang on. That's all I'm saying. He paid Bo Levi Mitchell $725,000 a year. That is true. Years. Absolutely. He, he did. He rolled he that did. back. So he is going to open up his wallet for a quarterback because there is no team in this league that is ever going to win a championship without a quarterback. I don't give a shit who else is on your team. If you do not have a quarterback, you're, going, you're not going to win games. No. So, what did John so Matthews say to Chris Jones? Don't ever coach a team that doesn't have a quarterback. So here's also a thought. He's that finding that out hearing, this year. You know, that yes. I've been hearing around Calgary quite a bit. The reason they've stuck with Bo for so long this year is they didn't want anybody to get any film on Mayor and they could sign him again, okay, easily or for less money, okay? But now they don't have a choice because they're starting to lose. So, because, I mean, if he, if, he, if he lights it up for the rest of the season and I'm looking, I'm looking at their – I'm looking at who they play, they could run the board. If Jake Mayer is on, they could run the board. So, I don't know. Anyways, we've talked about this game way too long. Next. we got lots of time. <sighs> yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're going to sign Jake Mayer no matter what. I don't know what they're going to pay him, but I don't think it matters. But I think that the, 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 the days of a $700,000 contract for a CFL quarterback, I think BC and Calgary both proved that that – that that was unrealistic. Yeah. Yep. Takes too much okay. away from the six, rest of your six, team. You can't put a proper field, a proper rest of your team. Well, you give it that much in, money in to BC, one guy. In BC's in BC's defense, you can't put a proper offensive line in front of your seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar quarterback. Yeah. Right. So, so I I think the four fifty to five hundred range is going to be the norm. For a high-end quarterback in this league, okay, not necessarily every quarterback in this league, but the elite, the the one or two or three. I think that's what Zach Caleros is going to make. I think that that what Nathan Rourke would make. I think that that's what Jake Mayer may make. Right, right now, I don't see another quarterback that's worthy of that amount of money. And don't make me laugh by saying Cody Fajardo. So, are you guys still with me? There. I'm still here. Okay. It was pretty silent. Okay. Well, so we were listening to the you. The final scoring. Yeah, the final scoring one. That's a first. The final score was well, Winnipeg 31, Calgary 29. It was a two-point victory for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Calgary was coming down for a field goal at the end of the game and just ran out of steam. Uh, total point score was 60. Uh, Charles, you took Winnipeg. Uh, you got 116 points. Will, you took Calgary. You got 12 points. CJ took Calgary. I got six points. Rudy took Winnipeg. Got 126. The second game up was uh, a little bit less adventurous than it was. I really thought Hamilton was doing a good job in this game. In fact, I think they were winning at halftime, weren't they? And uh, they... They just did this back end fall apart shit again. And uh, 
and and I just uh, they just collapse. They're playing a decent game of football, and all of a sudden the wheels fall off, and they 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 just absolutely can't do a goddamn thing right in the second half of a football game. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, what was it? What happened? Schlitz got injured. He's out now for uh, a, a period of time, probably going on the sixth game. Uh, they're back to Dane Evans, who is playing injured. These guys don't have a quarterback. They don't have a hope. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Hamilton at all, and what is going to happen. They're blaming it on the coach. How do you blame this on the coach? You don't have a quarterback. It, it, it's a good thing they have in the CFL. I've heard. Charles, talk about Toronto Hamilton game here. Well. McLeod Bethel Thompson is not the greatest quarterback in the CFL. I think we all agree with that. But when he at least is healthy and the other guys on the other side are not, nine times out of ten, they're going to win that game. Probably ten times out of ten. Um, they're really getting hit with some bad injuries at the wrong uh, position. Now, Schlitz is gone. Dane Evans isn't healthy. I mean, well, like you said, without a quarterback, you're not going to go very far. And uh, they just, uh, once this game, once they went down and once the injuries mounted up, uh, this just looked like uh, it was um, Hamilton was never really in this game. Um, Calgary pretty much, to, or Calgary, I always do that. I always say the wrong team at least once a show. But Toronto uh, just pretty much took it over and really never looked back in this one. Um, Hamilton Charles Just Yes Just for a second I'm going to run in the house And grab some water So just keep talking We'll start right after him Okay Yeah Hamilton just um, Once that third quarter hit It was all Toronto 27 to 4 In the second half uh, Toronto Of course Hamilton they just collapsed in that second half because uh, the injuries mounted up. Uh, Dane Evans came in. Uh, he wasn't healthy. He didn't look healthy. He threw three picks. Uh, so the Tiger Cats are in some trouble. With this injury uh, to their quarterback, they're in a very uh, precarious spot right here. And like I said, Toronto wasn't spectacular. But in this one, they didn't really have to be because um, Hamilton didn't have a healthy quarterback. So... It was a pretty, um, pretty much a, a uh, an easy second half for the uh, Argos, and uh, they took it over, and they kind of stomped on the Ticats again. Go ahead, Bo. Well, here's an interesting stat, <laughs> and you probably don't look at these things like I do to make this game a little more interesting. Other than the field goals, okay, and one touchdown in this game, all of the other points for both teams, get this, for both teams, were scored by ex-Calgary Stampeders. Hmm. All right? It just blows my fucking mind. Well, actually, Uh I guess at one time or another, ex-Calgary Stampeders. Anyways, I I watched... quite a bit of this game. Um, just like you said, um, third quarter, Toronto imploded, 
and I or not Toronto, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton. Exploded, Hamilton. And I really wonder. I really wonder if that's because Dane Evans threw three interceptions in this game because Matt Schlitz got hurt. And and I'm, you know what? You can I can say this by the look of things. By the look of things, Hamilton made the wrong mistake with the quarterback. I, I they knew chose you were going to say Dan that. Evans. I can't believe you did. Why? They 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 well, signed Dean Evans. Like I'm not a. So much. Well, I know, but Dean Evans sucks. He has a real problem with ball, with holding onto the fucking ball. He's throwing picks mm-hmm. left, right, and center. I don't know what's happened to this guy. Could this be another? You know, who was that quarterback out of BC? What was his name? I keep on forgetting. Jonathan Jennings. Jennings. His name. Jonathan Jennings. Could this be another Jonathan Jennings? Well, it looks like, like it. Because Dane I Evans mean, looked like a yeah, great quarterback well, last year. Yeah, and the year before. Did, lo- and, did losing and year two before. years in a row in the Grey Cup kind of screw with his head? Well, I don't know. I mean... Was he more comfortable when he knew there was off. somebody else? Was he more comfortable when he knew there was somebody else behind him? I mean, the the team has changed. There's no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, they don't look good at all. I hate to say it, but they don't look good at all. I don't know if they're going to be in the Great Cup this year. I, once again, I don't. I would say I, no. I, I don't think it's a coaching problem. I don't think it's a coaching problem. Okay, I really don't. So, I don't know. No, I think Go I ahead. think I still think that Orlando Steinauer is a good coach. Yeah, I do too. Well, I do too. I do too. But, but if, once again, they the can't standings? fire the whole team. No, you can't. But if you look at the standings in the Eastern Division. Right now, Toronto is five and five. They're leading the division at 500 football, at five and five for ten games. Montreal is right mm-hmm. behind them at four and six. Okay, after ten games, Hamilton, after eleven games, is three and eight. Okay. Yep. That is the same record as Edmonton. Uh huh. Saskatchewan has a better record than Toronto. And Saskatchewan is pathetic in comparison in the Western Division. So the crossover team right now could cross over to first place. Yep. We've always said that that could happen. And should happen if they actually crossed over. They should get that buy and whatever else. Anyhow, not them, but there's an argument as to how the crossover should change. But that Eastern Division is absolutely pathetic. And, yeah, they're going into a lot of East-East games right now, and Toronto all of a sudden could turn on the Jets and beat the shit out of Hamilton for a couple of three games and, and, and... really improved. They've got two back-to-back games right now. Toronto takes them both. They're going to look amazing. And Hamilton is going to look pathetic. And Ottawa's won won the same amount of games as they did last year, right now. 
Are they better? They should be, but they don't look it. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there in a minute. Okay, so Toronto-Hamilton final score was 37-20. to Toronto victorious. Total score of 50 points. Charles, you took Hamilton. You got 16. Will, you took Hamilton. You got 12. CJ picked Toronto. I got 112. Willie, or Rudy got picked Toronto. He got 110. The next game up was sad. Um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders came into BC to play the, the Lions. Lions are without their number one starting quarterback, Nathan Rourke, who underwent surgery that day for a Lisbend uh, sprain, which I didn't know you had to operate on sprains. But anyhow, uh, so they're out there, number one stud quarterback who's been winning everything, and uh, or at least been at least assisting the team to win everything. Uh, we had our number one back, or your number two backup quarterback, Michael O'Connor, another uh, Canadian, came out of uh, UBC Thunderbirds. He came in, and then he took a brutal hit from uh, the Saskatchewan D lineman, and uh, who got flagged on the play, and he never played well after that. Now, they say that he had a groin injury, and I don't understand how – I watched that, that hit I don't know how many times. I don't understand how he hurt his groin in that. Uh, I, I feel bad for him. Uh, Saskatchewan guys fans are really bitching about that tackle – saying that it wasn't pass interference, what is this flag football. But the rule is very specific that if the attacking player throws the majority of his weight on top of the quarterback while he's on the ground, it is considered roughing the passer. And this guy, mm-hmm. like, body slammed him down and, uh, and threw all of his weight on the chest of Michael O'Rourke. I would have expected a concussion or a sore shoulder or, you know, uh, something out of this from that hit, uh, you know, hurt back, shoulder blade, uh, collarbone, something like that would have made sense with the way that the hit came down. But I don't understand a groin. He had to have hurt that doing something else because I don't think it was in that hit. So I, I'm not blaming Saskatchewan for that. I, that was a bad hit. It was a legal hit on Nathan Rourke the week before, unfortunately. Uh, but this one, uh, this one was a bad hit. But I don't see how that hurt Michael O'Connor. The rest of the game just didn't go all that well. We uh, Anthony Pipkin came in, and well, even Michael O'Connor was uh, uh, he was really airing it out. He was doing a good job throwing the ball. He was doing all sorts of stuff. He just had no timing at all with the receivers. It just no. it didn't go where it needed to go when it had to be there. Uh, but he was in control, and he, he had confidence, and everything looked good for Michael. I I think if you gave him a couple of days or, or even this two weeks to bye weeks to uh, get accustomed to the, the receivers and everything else, we could have done okay for the rest of the season with him. I don't think that that would have been a bad thing. Uh, but Anthony Pipkin can, came in, and he couldn't hit the fucking side of a broad, broad side of a barn with the ball. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible game for the rest of it. And uh, BC lost by seven points. So, Saskatchewan, you got nothing to be proud of by beating the BC Lions' third-string quarterback. Uh, yeah, your team's bad. Uh, it just – we were worse that day. Uh, don't expect that to happen again. 
that's that's all I got to say. Don't expect BC to be down long. The team is too good. Uh, they they just need to find a good quarterback. I believe they may have done that. Uh, Michael O'Rourke looks like he's gone for four to five games. Michael, o- Mike, Michael O'Connor. O'Connor. Yeah, Michael O'Rourke. How did I do that? Uh, Michael O'Connor. It looks like he's gone for four to five days he's with a wrist injury, I believe it is, isn't it? No. Uh, Darryl? Na- who's that? Michael Nathan O'Connor. Michael O'Connor? Yeah, I've, I heard it with the groin. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's the groin. Who is, it's Matt Schlitz that's out with a, a, a wrist injury. Right. Okay, my bad. Yes, it's a groin injury, and he is out. He's going to be off for some time is what they said. We don't know how much. Okay, so go ahead. You were at the game, were you not? I was. Yes, I was. Good and crowd? let me tell you that if uh, – what's that? Was it a good crowd? A very good crowd, just under 24,000. Um, let me tell you something, though. If um, Nathan Roar – now I'm doing it. If Antonio Pipkin yeah. had any sort of touch on the ball at all, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would not have won that game. Uh, because he had several plays where he had open receivers who he just missed. Uh, He just didn't have any timing. He did no accuracy. And we see now why this guy is sitting third string. Um, Michael O'Connor was playing all right. On how much play he gets. That's true. true. That's fair to say as well. But uh, Michael O'Connor, you could tell, actually had a lot of potential but just didn't have timing down. And he really only had a week to prepare, so I'm not all that surprised that the timing wasn't that good because it's hard to get that timing that quickly. You need, uh, you know, quite a bit of time. And he hadn't had a lot of practice time with the number one offense. So you could tell that his timing just wasn't there, but you could tell that there was potential there. And then he goes off and gets hurt. Thank you very much. Uh, so they've got, uh, they've come up pretty sure he chose. Oh, it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him for sure. Um, so the Lions have gone out and they've gotten themselves some more help at the position, but we'll talk about that later. Saskatchewan, uh, I think the, um, the Lions defense at times made the rider defense look good. Uh, the rider defense picked up a couple of big plays. And they kind of ended up being the difference. Uh, looks like the Lions may have lost T.J. Lee for a while as he he was running down a receiver, yeah. and then he went down like a ton of bricks. I'd be surprised if he didn't uh, tear his hamstring or his Achilles or something, because just the way he went down did not look good. Yeah, that, so that, that also that was a hamstring. Ham, yeah. So, so that also we haven't uh, heard anything, but yeah. No, they haven't been saying much, but that's because they haven't been practicing being on a bye week, but. Uh, that's uh, one of those ones that uh, also didn't hurt. Uh, have one of your most experienced defensive backs go down quickly. Also, because of the injury to um, um, Michael O'Connor, I never even thought of this, we didn't get to see a lot of James Butler because of the ratio. Ha, ha, ha. They had to take him out of the game and put in Mackey uh, because of the Canadian ratio. Thanks for that, Canadian yeah. ratio. Um, but, but he got back in the game later on, 
because of the injury to Lucky Whitehead. Now we lost the number one receiver. And I haven't heard what his injury was. So the Lions are playing with a third-string quarterback. They have multiple starters go down on offense and defense. And the Riders win by a touchdown. And I see their their fans, like, sitting there bragging and being all cocky the next day. What are you being cocky about? You barely beat a beat-up team that was missing a bunch of starters and was on their number three quarterback. Yeah, you won. I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'd have been shocked if you didn't win under those circumstances. So... I still think BC's going to get fine. This actually bye week looks like it's coming at a very good time that maybe these guys can heal up a little bit and we can get some of these bodies back. So the Riders got the win. Good for them. They uh, barely eked out a win. But, hey, a win is a win is a win, and uh, it counts on the scoreboard. So they get back into the win column. Cody Fajardo did play pretty well, although he did get sacked seven times. How do you lose a game that you get seven sacks? That's hard to do on purpose. So uh, it was a disappointing loss for the Lions, absolutely. Uh, the Riders, they won, but are they really going to be jumping up and down over that kind of win? Whatever, but that's how it was. It was a fun game to be at, though, because when the bigger crowd, you get a better atmosphere. It just goes without saying. Yeah. Okay, William. Did you get to see any of this game? Uh, you were in, in party festival mode with the wedding. That would have been Friday night, not Saturday. But uh, did you see any of it? I actually watched the I watched the entire game this afternoon, as a matter of fact. Um, oh, okay. In getting ready for the show. Um, you know, and, and I was just listening to Charles, and, and once again, remember I told you guys I'm going to try and be no more neutral now. Uh, I, you know what? Every team's got injuries. And I know, I know a lot of guys went down in the Calgary, in the BC game. And I know, I mean, Nathan, I, I didn't think, uh, Michael O'Connor or whatever the crap his name is. I didn't think he looked that, that bad. He had, no, he had lots of, no. he had lots of, he can throw a ball. There's no doubt about that. Okay. And he hit he yeah. hit his receivers a couple of times. Okay. Um, and once again, this is the first game he's thrown meaningful passes in. So I think BC yeah. would have been okay if he hadn't got hurt, to be honest with you. Yes. Um, I, I agree. Understand. And he understand was improving Anthony, as the game went along before he got hurt. Yes, absolutely. And I understand Anthony Pipkin looked crappy. But you know what? He hasn't played a meaningful game of football since he was with fucking Montreal in 2019. Okay, Correct. so also true. Yeah, I mean, you know, give him give him a chance where chance. I I think I think uh, if BC could have, they should have tried to. It, it's funny because I thought BC with uh, with uh, with Rourke in them, I thought they had a more balanced offense running and passing than they did in either one of these with either one of these two guys. And I, I think they should have Correct. ran the ball more because it's, it's, it's easier to run the ball than it is to pass the ball. Um, I, I think when you get seven sacks, when you get seven sacks, there's no way you should lose a game, but fucking Cardi, Cody Fajardo had over 300 yards passing. 
And the last thing you need to do is give Cody Fajardo any confidence because he sucks. Okay, so, um, you know, I hope BC can regroup. And once again, I, I think because of their offense floundering a little bit, their defense was on the field more. And it doesn't matter how good your defense is, you're going to get tired. And I think that oh, yeah. showed them getting tired. Okay? So, um, I, 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 I mean, I don't think BC is in trouble because they still have all those receivers. They have a, I, I don't know, how do you give Cody Fajardo 300 yards? Your defensive backfield can't be that great. But TJ Lee went down. I saw that. Okay, so I don't know. Um, they played the game. I kind of thought that Saskatchewan would win this game if Michael O'Connor didn't play well. So hopefully they've fixed that- the quarterback problem, but we shall see. We 100%. shall see. I mean, okay. you know, um, I hate, it doesn't matter who you are, I hate when Saskatchewan wins a fucking football game. Okay pretty simple so yeah unfortunately they're not doing it that often that this year um so the final score was saskatchewan 23 sorry 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 christopher i was going to say one more thing it was uh it was uh saskatchewan's middle linebacker who hit uh o'connor it was darnell sankey calgary's ex-middle linebacker Right. right and i'm sorry i'm sorry he drove that fucking guy into the ground okay yeah he did and yeah. that's probably I actually just watched that's a replay probably on that yeah, that's probably what her. They're going to call that every time. With you. Yeah, absolutely. And they should. It was a penalty, right? But how, yeah, how, yeah. Do you, how do you get a groin injury from that? I don't know. Same way, uh, same way Andrew Harris is out for the season with a torn breast playing football. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um you know the one thing that I noticed during the game, uh, and I don't know if you guys did or not, and it's not so much that I noticed something that was happening, I noticed something that wasn't happening. I honestly don't remember hearing the name Garrett Marino. I'm not sure he played. Not in a, not in a play, not in a penalty, not in anything. I don't remember hearing his name. I don't even remember the commentators talking about him in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know if he played or not, but he certainly, uh, well, let's go down. I got defensive. uh, uh, I don't see, he did not make a defensive tackle. Maybe he didn't play. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's kind of interesting. I don't remember even seeing him once. No, no, but that 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 was that stood out to me as I I was waiting for him to do something stupid or you know at least to hear about him doing something, but nothing, nada, and uh, that kind of caught me off guard. Um, Excuse me. Final score was Saskatchewan 23, BC 16. Uh, yeah, this was uh, not the way that this one was supposed to go down. Charles, you picked BC. You got 30 points. Will, you took Saskatchewan. You got 124 for that pick. 
Uh, Charles or CJ took BC, got 36. Uh, Rudy, he he he's a pump scum. He took uh, Saskatchewan on this one as well. 128 points for him. The last game was the Ottawa Red Blacks into Edmonton to play the Elks. Now the Elks are um, winless at home until since late 2019. Um, so they have, through the, uh, the COVID offseason of 2020, the big name change, everything else, they have not won a game at home in all of that time. A lot of people saying it's a name change curse. It's a lot of things. So they were going to break that out. They were going to beat Odman, Ottawa this game. It did not happen that way. They just didn't play good football in any way, shape, or form. I'm 18 points for the Edmonton Elks in this game was a, was a gift, in my opinion. They didn't earn those 18 points. It wasn't that good of a game for Edmonton. Uh, it wasn't that good a game for Ottawa either, but when you're a team that's got two wins and eight losses, that's kind of what happens. You take any win that you can, and this was a, a gift for the Ottawa Red Blacks, in my opinion, and they took advantage of it. And that's kind of like what Will had said earlier. If you don't take advantage of your, your opportunities when they come across, you're going to lose. And Ottawa did take advantage of the opportunities that they had at the right time, and they uh, they took one away from the Elks at home. And I don't know. Go ahead, Charles. Talk about this one. Uh, I think this is kind of a crummy uh, crummy game all around. This really wasn't a very good, entertaining, very sloppy play on both both sides of the ball. And Ottawa got less sloppy as the game went along. I mean, they weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, when you're only your second win, yeah, you're not going to be great by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, to be fair, I mean, Taylor Cornelius, I'm sorry, I just uh, I just don't think they're going anywhere with this guy. Um, he just, he can't, he has trouble reading defenses, he's not a good passer. Um, his numbers weren't terrible in this game, uh, he did pass for 287 yards, but only 14 of 37, 37.8% completion. I mean, that, that you should not be a starter in any pro league with that kind of percentage. Uh, Nick Arbuckle finally came in, got the start, and you know what? He played pretty well. Um, he wasn't great, but 65% is a lot better than 37%. Uh, they got Devontae Williams back. Hey, you've got the, the uh, kick returner. What's his name? Um, Devontae Dedman got back in. So that's going to be a new element that really could be a plus for the Ottawa Red Blacks because he can take it to the end zone, and even if he can't take it all the way to the end zone, he can get you some real good field positions. So that is a big pickup for Ottawa. And, hey, look at this. The Elks still looking for their first home win since 2019, yeah, three years. Remember the years when it was when going into Commonwealth Stadium would be almost certain death, and visiting teams would rarely get a win out of Edmonton. Boy, are those days long over. But of course, that was the Eskimos, not the Elks. Not saying that has anything to do with it, but hey, who knows? But Ottawa gets the win, 25 to 18. 
Go on. Ooh, no, tell us. You're, you're on a roll here. Yeah, 25 to 18, Red Blacks finally win. And yeah, they've only got two wins. It's true, but you know what? Still only four points out of a playoff spot. And the team they're chasing to try and they're jump, trying to jump over Hamilton, who's got two injured quarterbacks, and they're chasing Montreal, who have now put all of their eggs in Trevor Harris's basket, which hasn't worked very well for many teams in, pre, in recent years. So let's see uh, where Ottawa goes with this. Okay. William, your take on this game. I have no take because this is the one game I did not watch. Okay. So, what can I well, say? We, we can but jump I can over throw, that. I, I, I can throw a funny story in since, I, since I've got time to talk. So on my, on my trip to Winnipeg, I met some, some younger guys in my buddy's daughter's, her, her new husband's wedding party. And there was a, a fairly ginormous guy in in the wedding party, and he kind of looked like he should have a banjo strapped around his head, okay, because he was that look, that looking. So I didn't get to talk to him much at the <laughs> wedding reception, but, but the next morning I had breakfast with the, the couple that got married, and he happened to be there too. So we started talking. And I thought this was just going to be a normal breakfast and it wasn't going to be very much fun and I was going to go about my way. But it turns out that this guy was only 26 years old and he is still, his dream is still alive, okay? And he was, he was my size. And he tells me he plays football and of course, I asked him what position, and he's still trying to make it in professional football as a kicker. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's not what they want to tell Will. <laughs> so, so I did so not see that one I coming. A, I had a I had a really 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 good time at breakfast. Okay, <laughs> I yeah, had a really I good time Be- because. So you tell him that kicker is a football player? I don't I yes, I don't like to brag, but I, I tend to be able to to, to oh. talk and and make comments right off my hip without even thinking. And I had this guy so frazzled by the end of breakfast, I don't know if he'll continue to pursue his his wannabe career as a as a punter, to be honest with you, okay? So it was kinda a very amusing time for me, so but he was a really nice guy. But I still picked on him about being a kicker, and he was way too big to be a kicker in my mind. He did have a he did have a tryout with the step or with the Bombers last year, and it lasted. Uh, they brought in three kickers, I guess, after Legio did something wrong, and uh, his tryout was 20 minutes long, and in the 20 minutes. He punted okay, but he missed two field goals. So I just ran with that. You know me, right? So yeah, there you go. That's my input on that's my input on that game. Go ahead. Okay, so final score was Ottawa Red Blacks twenty-five, victorious over the Edmonton Elks of eighteen points. Total score was forty-three. 
Uh, Charles, you took Edmonton. You got 36 points for this one. Will, you took Ottawa at 43 points. You fucking nailed it, buddy. You got 150 points for this one. CJ took Edmonton at 42. I was off by one. I get 40 points. And uh, Rudy took Edmonton and was off by, got 38 points for this. Uh, So final score, where's the standings here? Uh, It's on one of the sparky sheets. I've got it here in my hand. Uh, So the week 12 results, Charles, uh, you didn't do so good. 198 points for Charles for the day. Will and CJ both got 298 points. And Rudy went 402, missing one game. So he did pretty good on his differential scores as well. So, Charles, you do you are still in the lead with 3906 for the season. Uh, CJ is right behind you, 34 points back with 3860. Will is back a bit at 3422, and Rudy's at 3212. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, that wasn't a bad game for Will and CJ or bad week. 300 points is not bad. Uh, 400 points is better. Rudy got that. Okay, so uh, that's the end of this. Put that one away, put that one away. We're going to pick scores now. I can do that. Let's pick some scores. We got... Four home games. BC Lions are on the bye, their third and final bye of the season. That's fucking ridiculous, but it's true. The first game of the week is Ottawa into Montreal. Is that a Thursday night game or a Friday game? You guys know. Is there a game tomorrow? I believe Friday. I don't think there's a game tomorrow. Let me double check right now. Uh, No, Friday. But this is Labor Day. This is Labor Day, so there's going to be a game on Monday, which is stupid. There are two on Monday, doubleheader. Fucking ridiculous. Okay, um, I, I just totally disagree with having games on Monday, regardless of what it is. If it's a long weekend. It's Labor Day. Give everybody a chance to be with their family. We should have games Friday and Saturday and be done with it. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me. I, I just don't. Why Why do we go off and have a short week for people? These guys, Calgary, uh, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Calgary, all have to play in, in five days. Yeah, that why I don't like. Why have a short week for these football players? I, I, there's no, just absolutely no point. One of them's probably going into a bye, so it's not a bad thing. But still, it's just wrong. Um, okay, so the first game up is Ottawa into Montreal. Does Caleb Evans have enough to take on Trevor Harris? Okay, uh, hang on here for a second before we get into this. Uh, Rudy posted his score, so let's get those scores in here. Red Blacks 46 is what Rudy's doing here. Ottawa 46. What do you got, Charles? Oh, boy. Uh, this one's a bit of a tough one for me because Montreal's coming off. Well, they had the bye last week. They didn't play. And the week before that, they beat the Bombers in Winnipeg. Uh, but they're also uh, depending on Trevor Harris. He's got no one pushing him anymore. We'll discuss the reason why in a little bit. But Ottawa's also coming off of a big win, and Nick Arbuckle looked pretty good in this game. This game's in Montreal. 
This one's a tough one for me because I could honestly see this game going either way. I think I'm going to stick with Montreal. They're a rested team. They've got some momentum. Ottawa won last week, but they beat Edmonton. Um, And I'm not sure if this Ottawa team is ready to win back-to-back games yet. They're improving, but I don't know if they're improving that much. So I'm going to go with Montreal in this one. What was that? Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to go with Montreal in this one with uh, 46 points. Okay. Uh, Willis, Ottawa in Montreal. Yeah. I'm going to go Ottawa 45 points. Wow. I, I'm really challenged by this. I, You know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'm going with Montreal at 42. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, the second game up is Winnipeg into Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, the big big game here. Uh, Rudy has taken Winnipeg by 54. The Bodog line on this is Winnipeg three and a half. Uh, yeah, and the over under at 44. So I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to call this one right now for myself. I'm taking Winnipeg on this one. I just simply cannot take Saskatchewan. At the best of times, certainly not here. Uh, and I am going to go low on this one at 42 points. I don't think Saskatchewan's offense is going to be able to deal with the Winnipeg defense at all, not at all. So the only points that are going to be on the board is Winnipeg. And so far this year, they seem to only be able to score enough points to beat their opponent. So CJ's taking Winnipeg at 42. Willie, you go next, Okay. Changing this up a little. Bombers at Bombers forty. Bombers forty. You're going low too. Charles, what are you doing? Saskatchewan's not playing a third string quarterback this week. I'm going to go Bombers. I'm going to go slightly higher and say Bombers forty seven. Forty seven. Okay. The next game up is got the uh, Toronto. Argonauts going into Hamilton to play the Ticats. This is the, what is this, uh, the Battle of the 401 it's called. Um, Bodog has Hamilton at uh, minus 1.5. <laughs> this is going to be a close game, according to Bodog, with the over-under of a 49 and a half, so 50 points. I would go under on this one, but uh, let's go see what's happening. Uh, Rudy has taken the hammer at 46. Uh, well, you go first. What are you going to do? Is it, isn't this the fourth game in a row for these two teams or the third game in a row no. for these two teams? No, it's the fourth third. time in five this weeks. Is, this is be the, no, this wow. is the third time in five weeks. Wow. No, I think it's the fourth, isn't it? Because they don't play next week. They, they play. Don't they play next week? I thought they did. No, next week Toronto's playing, uh, uh, next week, Toronto plays Ottawa. Oh, right, right. and Montreal plays Hamilton's DC. on the bye. Okay, yeah, you could be right. 
This is the fourth in five weeks. Wow. Okay. Um, shit. Who are you going to pick, Charles? <laughs> well, that ain't fair. Uh, you don't know yet. So, uh, okay, fine. I can go. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, they don't have a healthy quarterback in Hamilton. And as we saw last week against Toronto, no. that's a bad thing. So, I'm no. sorry. I'm going to pick uh, uh, Toronto in this one. I can't pick Hamilton because I don't think they have um, – I don't think they have a quarterback healthy enough to beat Toronto. So uh, I'm going to pick Hamilton in this one. Uh, it's not Hamilton. I'm going to pick Toronto in this one. Uh, and I say Toronto wins this one, and I'm going to go low with 42 points. You took my yeah. score, Charles, you jerk. Sorry. Okay, I, would, I, would absolutely, I would absolutely love to pick Hamilton, but I cannot because there's just – I can't see a guy who threw three interceptions last week as Hamilton's quarterback even wanting to throw the ball this week in Hamilton. So I'm going to go with Toronto. Shit, 45. Okay, um, Hamilton doesn't have a quarterback. Toronto, Scott McLeod, Bethel Thompson. They have a slight advantage, but not a much. What did I say? What? So, Toronto has a quarterback, or at least something resembling one. Hamilton does not. Hamilton has a coach. Toronto does not. Uh, I'm going to go with Toronto on this one. I absolutely have to. And uh, God, uh, Toronto has won two out of the three so far. I think they're going to win three out of the four. And uh, I'm I'm going to go with this at 39 points. The last game is Edmonton against Calgary in Calgary. And uh, what have we got? We got Bodog saying. Calgary by 12.5. This is a huge spread. 49.5 is the over-under. The pick'em trend is 92-8 for Calgary. Only Montreal had a better spread. So, this, Rudy took stamps at 57. Uh, I can't give him that many points. CJ is going to take Calgary at 42. I'm going to let Willie go first here. You're going to take Calgary. I know that, but please say it for Sparky. Stamps, 65. Stamps at 65. And Charles? I'm sorry, this one should not be close at all. Calgary, 52. No. Calgary, 52. Okay, so that's those scores. They're all in a wrap. Hopefully Sparky got those. You may have to listen to it a couple of times. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I still feel really bad about missing Sparky in the introduction or or the promotion on on Let's Talk CFL Facebook page, and I do hope, Sparky, you do uh, accept my apology because I'm seriously, I'm I'm really hurt by it. Hopefully you're not, but I I, I feel really bad. I, I cannot believe I did that. 
And I went back to change it, and you cannot edit posts. You can edit all of your comments, but you cannot edit a post. I would have gone back and included you. But I, I think I did put something late further on about it, and uh, I, hopefully you accept that. You should be able to edit a post. That, I've done it before. What's that? No, it won't let me edit, edit a post. post. I've done it before. Yeah, I used to do it all the time, but I, I've tried to do it in the last couple of weeks, and Facebook has not allowed me once. So huh. there's no edit feature. And I, I usually just want to go back and edit a spelling mistake because I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like a Scotch and Rough Rider fan or anything. Oh, did I say that out loud? No, you shouldn't have said that out loud. Okay, um, yeah, so anyhow, I, yeah, I can't edit the post, so I couldn't add Sparky into it, but I did make something further down on it. Hopefully he accepts that, and uh, we can be friends again, or if we were, I don't know. Um, segment six, we have the BC Lions have acquired American quarterback Vernon Adams Jr., the Vash. From the Montreal Alouettes, in exchange, Montreal will receive Lions' first-round draft pick in the 2023 CFL draft. I think this was a steep price to pay, but I don't hold a lot of uh, value to the CFL draft. Uh, most of the time, your first-round draft picks don't turn out to be much, although I'm kind of impressed with Nathan Rourke. Um, he was he wasn't first, first round, round. or was he third? No, he, he wasn't. He was second. third round. He was he was second or third round. Yeah. Okay. So, anyhow, beside the point. Uh, so, BC Lions have acquired Vernon Adams Jr. Now, Vernon Adams Jr. came out of college as, like, the number one hot shit that was uh, was going to happen up there. He didn't. He went undrafted in the NFL. Was kind of upset about that. Uh, BC held their rights, his rights, uh, in the, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Draft. No, not the draft. Or the negotiating list. The negotiation list. And Vernon Adams somehow found out about it and told BC to sign me or release me. And the only way that he would sign in BC is if they made him their number one quarterback over Travis Lule. And Wally Buono said, (laughs) and traded his rights to Montreal. And uh, so he never signed with BC, although we had him on the negotiations list. Uh, and uh, he would have come to BC, but he just, uh, he flat out was so arrogant, thought that he was going to rip this league apart and that he was going to be the, the new stud quarterback. And I think going to Hamilton and getting beat up the way that he has may have humbled him a little bit. Coming into BC right now with all of the, the rich weapons on the receiving core. Might actually, he might, he might actually come in and do something. I'm seriously hoping so, and so are the BC Lions. Uh, most of the fans are as well. Uh, pretty good pickup. Uh, of all the quarterbacks that are in the CFL, whether they're available or not, uh, I think Badge is probably the one that I would have wanted the most, knowing that Caleros would never have left Winnipeg. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. I mean, there's no quarterback out there. Nick Arbuckle, uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Trevor Harris, any of the the quarterbacks. There's nobody out there I would have wanted. Uh, Vernon Mm -hmm. Adams has the the biggest upside 
Uh, he's just never been on a very good team. Hopefully coming to BC, he can uh, save his career and save our season. Your thoughts, Charles? I was happy with the deal because, hey, anytime you can get stronger at the quarterback position, uh, it's good. He's a guy that's a good passer. He's got a good arm. We know he's got a good arm. He passed for 4,000 yards two seasons ago, so he's had some success in the league. I thought he played relatively well last season in the shortened season before he got hurt towards the end of the year. But then this year comes around, and Kahari Jones didn't last, and for some reason Danny Machocha clearly didn't like him. He wanted Trevor Harris to be the starter. So the writing's been on the wall for quite a little while that uh, his days in Montreal were numbered. I read that actually Edmonton uh, had previously inquired about um, bringing in Vernon Adams, but... Apparently, Gary Stern was overruling that and did not want to get rid of Vernon Adams. Uh, We're going to talk about Gary Stern here in a few minutes because he made some news this week. Uh, So, yeah, I'm impressed. That was a fine by Sparky. He found that picture of Victor Victor Kai and and Gary Stern uh, arm wrestling, and there was a piece of paper on on Victor uh, Kai's desk that said trade for Vernon Adams Jr. And uh, so we thought at that point in time that we were going to hear an announcement that there was a trade between Edmonton and Montreal. And I guess Gary Stern just did not want to do that from what we understand. And uh, so I'm going to get, I'm going to credit Sparky with that find. And one of the things I'm thinking of that not a lot of people are uh, really mentioned but this could potentially also be insurance for next season because if there's still people out there that think the possibility is that Nathan Rourke might go down to try the NFL next season. Well, not uh, a whole. Take, probably not, but there's still that you know, train of thought, but I think the injury really uh, puts a damper on that possibility. But just in case. For at least a couple years. Yeah, but just in case uh, that does happen, uh, it takes the sting out a little bit uh, with um, Vernon Adams there. And then if Rourke does get healthy and the Lions do re-sign him, well, then potentially the Lions could also have a trading chip there because I don't think they would keep both of them personally. But you never know. Uh, Why not? No, I think this. well, maybe, maybe, but I don't know if Vernon Adams wants to be a backup. I think that's why he's glad to get out of Toronto, get out of Montreal, because I don't think he wants, he wants to be a backup, and I don't think he sees himself to be a backup. Uh, but anyways, I think it's a good pickup for the Lions. I think with, especially, we've seen the guy has a good arm, and with this receiving core, these guys could light it up. If, they, if he gets, uh, gets in and learns the system, we know that uh, he's a quarterback that can use his legs to get out of trouble as well. So, yeah, I think this could end up being a very good pickup for the BC Lions. Well, the Lions don't play this week because they're in a bye. So, Vernon nope. Adams is coming in and going to practice with them all week. And the first team they get to play is the Montreal Alouettes. In Montreal. Which, in Montreal. So, Vash goes back to Montreal to beat them in their own field. That's a What's little bit of definition of, of irony it's again. Be funny for Danny Machocci. Oh yeah. Lots of irony there. Uh, Machocci is going to love this one. 
but yeah, I, I honestly believe that they have the potential to do that. Then we play back to back with Calgary, so they better get their shit together quickly and, and warm this guy up against Montreal because Will thinks that uh, Calgary Stampeders can run the table now, and to, at least two of those games have to be against BC. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about running the table, Will. I, I'm kind of hoping the Lions are going to be able to step up and say no. Just thought I'd share that with you. Um, William, what's your thoughts on this? Impartial, neutral? Well, in in, in my in my answer to what you just said, um, I uh, think uh, Calgary Calgary lost to BC by one point with Nathan Rourke in. And Calgary didn't have a quarterback because it was bullied by Mitchell. So that's why I think they're going to run the table. Hey, do you guys realize that uh, here's something pretty funny? Vernon Adams is probably the highest paid quarterback on the BC Lions right now. Yeah, you're if probably you right. Oh, hey, I, I would bet money on that. And, leaps and bounds, I would think. Okay, so... Um, you know what? I, I, I think uh, I think you got to go. I mean, Vernon Adams. He's got from the 2019 season. He's got tons of experience. He played really well that year, and uh, I think he's gonna. You know, go, he's got that whole bunch of receivers in in BC to use, and I think he will do well. Um, let's hope he does well. Okay, so. Um, I, I I think if you if you think about it, he can throw the ball and he can run the ball, so he does have Nathan Rourke skills, and uh, it's a good move by uh, it's a good move by BC and a first round draft pick in the Canadian Football League is worth nothing anyways, so who cares? Who cares? Sorry. Well, you did get a Singleton in the first round, remember? Obviously, 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 obviously. There's exceptions to the rule. Obviously, something's happening in Montreal. And it's just the very, we've just scratched the surface. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Danny Machocha wanted to get rid of Vernon Adams all year long. And he finally has succeeded. So he's basically taken this team, he's put his mark on it, and I swear to God, I hope they fall on their fucking faces, okay? I really do. And I hope he ends up going back to CIS football. I'm convinced that this was a a bad move by Montreal, Um, but I'm I'm happy because it, it was a good move for BC. It, it it has. This is the only thing that oh, that I can see right now that is going to save the Lions season. I, yes, they're eight and two, which is amazing after ten games. That's a, that's that's quality football, but you've got a very tough schedule, and you win some of these games. And uh, I did not see BC winning them with Anthony Pipkin in in control. Uh, I'd love to see Tom, uh, uh, Kevin Thompson. I just don't have a lot of faith in Kevin Thompson to come out and uh, be an amazing rookie quarterback. 
I, I think he needs us to learn the league a little bit better. Um, he's not – how do we know he's not a Nathan Rourke? We don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's a Nathan Rourke comes around very often. There's no way that BC has two of them. Yeah. You're not going to get that lucky twice in one year. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's it not just not going to happen. So, uh, Kevin Thompson actually lit it up. Uh, but then got injured in training camp. Most people don't know who he is. Uh, he got injured in training camp and hasn't played any football at all yet. And uh, who was it? Was it Farhan that was making comments about that, that he didn't know what was going on or, or that he was very comfortable with the two young guys, which was uh, Michael O'Connor and, and Kevin Thompson, and everybody goes, who's Kevin Thompson? <laughs> So, He's the yeah, guy that got injured in the first preseason game against Calgary when they blitzed when they were well in control of the game. Yes, 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 yes. And they came down pretty hard on uh, Dave Dickinson for being a dick. Yep. But uh, beside the point. Uh, yeah, he was just a good college football star, and uh, you never know until he actually comes in here and plays some football. And it, it doesn't look like that's going to happen real quick. Okay, so, William, did you go on this? Yes. Yes, you did. You talked about Danny Machocha, hoping he falls on his face and gets kicked yes. out. And loses his job and goes to high school football. Not even CIS, go to high school. Okay, uh, segment seven, Montreal Alouette's owner, Gary Stern, wrote an open letter revealing he has stepped away from the operations of his team and resigned from the CFL Board of Governors. Okay, now, just a little bit here. Gary Stern and his father-in-law, Spiegel, I don't remember his first name. I want to say Sam, but I don't know if that's right. Sid. Sid Spiegel. Sid Spiegel died last year. They've owned the team for five years. Um, He's died. Yeah, but Sid died. Sid owned 75% of this. Uh, Gary Stern only owned 25%. It, it seems that there is a huge problem in the estate of Spiegel and the direction of what the football operations are going to be. And I think Gary just had enough of this and stepped back and stepped away. But I don't think this is a ominous sign. I don't think this is a bad thing. A lot of people are now saying that the Montreal Alouettes now have to find a new ownership uh, owner or ownership group for for the Alouettes. I honestly don't be- think, don't believe that that's real. I think Gary Stern is one of the best owners that we've had in the league for a while. I love his passion. I love his enthusiasm. I love him to get in and get his hands dirty. Uh, the league needs more people like that especially in this time and age where it's so ho-hum. Do I want a reserved uh, owner? Uh, Amar Doman is is that way. Uh, I I respect him and I like him, but I also like what Gary Stern's doing, which is going out and saying and, and talking about my football team and my football team. I think Gary Stern's going to put an ownership group to buy the other 75%. I don't think Stern's going anywhere. And I think he's just going to have to find some new partners to take over his father-in-law's uh, chairs. 
Uh, he may end up buying more of it, having a greater role in it, or he's not. I don't know. I don't think the team is looking for new owners. I think I don't so, think Gary Stern is walking away from this team right now. Yeah, there's been nothing from the actual Alouettes or, or even from the CFL, nothing at all saying that the team is actually for sale. No. And looking for new owners. So I, that's what a lot of people jump to the conclusion, but I don't think that there's been anything uh, stating that. Okay. So, I mean, to me, I, I think Gary Stern is still is part of the CFL long term. I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I probably That's I would just agree my with personal that, I opinion. I'm just my personal opinion, and I have nothing to base that on other than my gut. I, I just I cannot believe that a man would have that much passion for it and walk away. Mm-hmm. Something really bad would have happened to make that make him walk away. And I think that he's not the type of person to walk away. He turns around. He's the type of person that's going to turn around and fight. And his way of fighting right now is being quiet, sitting back, letting the shit fall apart in that family, and pick up the pieces when it's done. Yep. That's what I would do. So I'd like to think that he is as well. William, what's your take on this situation? Um, you know what? One of the things I did read is that uh, they didn't quite expect the losses they've had in the last couple of years. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what these, how much money these guys are worth. Um, uh, they, they, they say also that his father-in-law dying was a big, big problem. For, like he, he, he took it really badly. Okay, because mm-hmm. I guess they were buddies and they've been together for a long time. Yes. So that might have something to do with it. Also, you know, maybe he's got to concentrate on his business more than anything else right now. You never know. So I don't know. I, I like the guy. I really like the guy. I like that he was out there and they and Montreal finally had, you know, somebody that they could identify with. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is if they try and find another owner for Montreal, this is not going to go well because they had a hard time finding these two guys. And apparently, the league lost a shit ton of money when they were when they were supporting this team themselves. So let's cross our fingers. So that's about all. Well, the one thing is, because things look like they were turning, they're turning around in Montreal. Their attendance numbers are starting to go up. They're getting they're just, one of the things that they, for this Montreal franchise to 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 get back on good terms. I'm sorry, it's it's been fun, but they've got to get out of that stadium. It's just not a professional stadium. I mean, we talk about McMahon, and it looks like there's great ambience there, and it looks like a nice setting and stuff like that. But in all seriousness, they cannot stay in that stadium and expect to have success. It's not the thing's a hundred plus years old. They've got to get to something more modern somehow. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. And I actually 
You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they could build a stadium halfway between Montreal and Nova Scotia, and those two teams could share it. What do you think of that idea? Sure. I I don't I don't like yeah. that idea. So, no. Okay, just just check it. No, 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 the bad idea. Uh, Gary Stern's net worth is $82 million. Now, $82 million is a lot of money, but not if you lose $2 million a year. Yeah, so when you're owning a sports team that's losing money, that's going to dry up quickly. Now, I, I've been trying to but find what out was... what, how much Crawford Steel is worth, uh, but I because it's a privately held company, uh, there's no public uh, financials. Well, how about how about his father-in-law? Right? What was he worth? What was his father-in-law worth? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's Crawford Steel was his company. Crawford Steel okay. was uh, Sid Spiegel's company, and it was right. pu- privately held. So there's no no numbers available on that, and I've got no net worth statements for him anywhere, especially since he died. So he he died at 85 years old. He lived in Florida. Uh, there's no, I'm not going to say there's no loss there, but you know he, he's an old man. He lived a good life and he did well for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he founded a, a a massive company. Um, yeah, Montreal. It, it's going to be in a little bit of turmoil for a little while. I'm 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 sad to see Gary Stern step back. I kind of think if nothing else, he's entertaining. And I'd like to uh, see him continue. But uh, I think that may happen. It may not. Um, we've got, we've really only got half an hour left in the show. Right now is our, our closing off for the first show. So we'll just rip through this and uh, call it a night. I'm getting tired. Uh, segment eight has the uh, Hamilton Ticats quarterback, Matthew Schlitz to miss four to six weeks due to a wrist injury, and the Ticats rely on Dane Evans. Well, I think they can rely on Dane Evans. I think Dane Evans is a quality quarterback. He's just not showing it. Now, is that because he has nobody around him to support him? Is the Tiger Cats in worse shape this year than they were last or the year before? Uh, what's going on? Who's the GM in, in Hamilton right now? Do you know? Does anybody know? Isn't Steinhauer the coach and GM? I don't think he is. Are you Googling it? I am. Okay, because it's slow for me on my iPad, so I won't do that. I'll let you find it. No, I'm Googling it, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I remember Bob Obilovich was the GM there for a while, but the, that the, was a while yeah, ago. Bob's uh, been gone for quite a while. General manager is somebody named Drew Alamang. I don't know who that is. He's no, listed as the de, de facto uh, general manager. Okay. Well, Orlando yeah. Steinhauer is president of football operations and head coach. 
So for all intents and purposes, he's the general manager. So he's the general manager's boss. Pretty much. I don't see how that would work. That's probably why he hasn't been fired. I would think so. Who's fired? Who's going to fire him? He's the head guy. Unless the owner, from yeah. Bob Young, I guess the only guy to fire him. And if Bob Young didn't fire Kent Austin, he's not going to fire Orlando Steinauer. That's correct. Um, so, can the Ticats win with Dane Evans? I don't think Dane Evans is a bad quarterback. I Mind you, I didn't think Jonathan Jennings was a bad quarterback. But Hamilton just doesn't have the weapons that they did last year or the year before. And that's just a simple fact. And if you don't have the weapons, how does a quarterback excel? William. I agree with you 100%. I mean, don't forget they lost Speedy B. They lost to Garrett Davis. Um, they lost uh, Jeff Reinbold. Which, Jeff Reinbold, that's what I said, Speedy B. Jeff Reinbold, oh, I think, was a big loss because he, he he had he had the he seemed to have the players' ears and they were hyped about about Jeff Reinbold. So there's a number of things that have happened. Um, you know, I I don't know if if what's his name is a good quarterback or not. I guess he has the rest of the season to redeem himself because they got nobody else. So. I mean, this could go one of two ways for Hamilton. They could implode and be just horrible by the end of the year, or Dane Evans can pull up his big girl pants and play like a real quarterback. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a huge question mark, but there really is no other option for them at this point in time. I don't think Matthew Schlitz was a bit of an option either. I, I think I, I would have always gone with Dane Evans and just made him fight through his, his bad parts. But uh, what happened happened, and uh, Schlitz is gone for four to six weeks, and uh, Dane Evans is going to have to step up and put on the big boy pants and go out and play some football. Charles? Yeah, I mean – Dane Evans has really struggled though this year. He's been he's I don't know what he is, but he just hasn't been the player we've seen from him the last couple of years. So he's got to get that figured out. I don't know if it's like we said, is it, is it a head thing like we saw with Jonathan Jennings? Because there's just something. Even when he's been in, even when he's been healthy, he just doesn't seem like the same quarterback. He makes a lot of mistakes. Uh, so I just uh, don't know. It's, it's hard to. Uh, Really, uh, I mean, I think he still has the potential to get it back. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say otherwise. But he's got to play a whole lot better than he has this, uh, this, uh, for much of this year, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, we have a uh, mathematical problem here, and I'm, I, I am doing it with the wrong team. Uh, doing it with the correct team now, um, 18-7, 10. Right now, if Edmonton Elks 
won every single game for the rest of the year. And Winnipeg lost every game for the rest of the year, they would be tied. Now, we don't know what would happen with the season series and which one would go which way. So Winnipeg is uh, basically saying that if they win the next game, this game on the Labor Day game in Saskatchewan, they have guaranteed themselves a playoff position. And they have theoretically uh, eliminated Edmonton from top spot. No. Yeah, they've eliminated Edmonton from top spot in the playoffs. In the Western Division, sorry. Edmonton can no longer be the number one team in the Western Division if Winnipeg wins. Did anyone think they would be? No. No. I don't think anybody thinks that that would happen. But So that's what this victory is going to do for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It will guarantee them a playoff position uh, in the in the crossover. Guarantee them a crossover position. Okay. I can't argue with that. Is there anything important to say about it? Not really. I just think it's kind of remarkable that they're about to clinch a playoff spot, and it's Labor Day. Yeah. That's very rare for that to happen. BC was 11-0. They guaranteed themselves a playoff position. Right, and I think that might have been the last Uh, time we saw a team clinch this early. Well, uncommon, I mean, it's not common, I don't think. Uh, it no, ha- but it's doesn't not happen very often than this it's, early. It's not like it hasn't happened before. It's definitely happened before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, Fair I don't enough. have a problem with that. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, we're going to move on here. Uh, William, you got anything to say on this? Winnipeg Blue Bombers clinching a playoff position? That's nice. That's nice. I'm tired of talking about Winnipeg. I'm tired of talking about Winnipeg. I don't care. You know what? But one of the things that Charles says is, you know, by Labor Day they've clinched this, but let's face it, the league has not been that good this year. Okay? The league has not been that good this year, so. But they have not. The league has not been as bad as it was last year. Really? Last year, all teams were pathetic except Winnipeg. Pretty much. I guess. I mean, Calgary was not a good team last year. BC was very pathetic. Okay, those are the two teams that improved the most, in my opinion. Yeah. I guess. So. But, yeah, that's nice. Okay. Oh, oh. And and then for the next six weeks, all we're going to hear about online is how Winnipeg clinched the playoff spot at Labor Day. And it's just going to fucking go on and fucking go on and He's on. You're probably right about on. that. Okay? I am right about that. Right up to the time that they're eliminated from the playoffs. So I really don't care. Right. Anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks head coach Paul Lapolis was pleased with the quarterback uh, quarterbacking of Nick Arbuckle's first start with the Red Blacks and hopes that it 
and serve as a learning opportunity for Caleb Evans is is La Police on the hot seat. Okay, so Nick Arbuckle steps in and plays quarterback in Ottawa, and they beat Edmonton at home. Caleb Evans is a young quarterback that has shown no brilliance but he's not pathetic, but he's not absolutely lighting the place up either. He's definitely not Nathan Rourke or Jake Mayer. But then neither are the Ottawa Red Blacks. So what do we think? Nick Arbuckle or Caleb Evans moving forward as a Red Black quarterback? William, who, who, who would you pick? I would uh I would definitely pick uh I'm a Nick Arbuckle fan. I, I think they're probably in the best shape if they play Nick Arbuckle. But uh Caleb Evans I think he showed us some stuff this year. And if if uh Arbuckle doesn't show up then I would have no problem putting Caleb Evans in. So I think they're in a good position going into the end of the season because, once again, the East is there for the taking, okay? so Yeah, it's sad, sad as it is, you're correct. You win two or three or four games in a row, you got it made. There, yep. There's three games out of first at Labor Day. Right. So, there you go. That is so pathetic, it's amazing. Uh-huh. And, by the way, Ottawa has not won a game at home this year. Uh-huh. Neither's Edmonton. That's kind of weird. It is so. Very weird. And it, Hamilton has not won a road game. Yeah. Interesting. And the Bombers, well, they, they just win everywhere. They fuck yeah, they just win in everywhere. They they got beat at home though. They got beat at home by Montreal. True. <laughs> That's a funny one. Okay, so. Um, Charles, Nick Arbuckle, Caleb Evans, who would you move forward with? I think at this time, um, Nick Arbuckle is more consistent. He's got more experience. I think he'd probably give you the most chance to win. I think certainly um, Caleb Evans has shown a lot of potential. I don't think he's there yet to be a top top of the line uh, starter yet. Uh, a, first, uh, a starting quarterback. I think he need, needs some seizing, maybe a little more time in the backup. But honestly, uh, I, if I were to choose, I would go with uh, Kale, uh, with um, Nick Arbuckle, at least for right now. Yeah. He's got the most experience, right? So you, you kind of exactly. need to lean on that and, and, and move forward. And Caleb Evans, who uh, looks like he's got some talent, is is on a team that is talentless 
and that's a challenge for a young quarterback. It's a great way to wreck a young quarterback is to throw him out there and just make him lose games one after another. And, and that's kind of what's been happening. So, yeah, no, I would leave uh, – I would stand there with Nick Arbuckle. There's no doubt about that. Uh, okay, the last segment that we've got on here, but i got a couple more just because. Um, New York Jets released former CFL quarterback Chris Strobler. But they turned around and signed him to the practice roster. So it's a bit of a non-issue. I honestly don't think Chris Strabler is coming back to the CFL. And if he does, it's not it's not for a while. And why the hell would he go back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when so many other teams out there need a quarterback? Uh-huh. Well, you, you always have a lot of background noise, Will. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, sorry. Um, this is one that I, who the fuck cares? Like, I don't care. Okay. And one of the other things, and I did read the other day somewhere, I think Chris Revler is only two or three games away from getting in his NFL pension or being eligible yeah. for his yeah. NFL pension. He's not, he's not going That's anywhere. That's correct. And and the practice roster, he's going to make more money on the practice roster than he would as a backup quarterback anywhere in the CFL. So, whatever. Agreed. I don't care about Chris But he Chris wouldn't Trevler. be a backup quarterback he's, in the CFL. He's he's three years he's three years out of the CFL, four years out of the CFL. He'll be most famous in the CFL for that fur coat and the case of booze he had in his hand and the cowboy hat. Okay, I don't care about Chris Trevler. Yeah, don't care at all. Go ahead. No, no, 100% agree. But he would be at an asset in Edmonton or Hamilton or Montreal. No, we wouldn't. No, Ottawa. Wouldn't. Edmonton, Hamilton, Why? Montreal. None of to them need fair, a running back. None of them need a running back, and they don't need a quarterback who throws the ball like it's a fucking shot put. Okay. I mean, if you want Tim Tebow, why don't you why don't you find fucking Tim Tim Tebow? All okay? right. Well, because he's not going to come to the CFL. He makes way too much money up down in the states. And yeah, I know he's not playing that. football, but he's making so much money on endorsements. I mean, the guy's a legend. It's funny as hell. Charles, what's your that. thoughts on Chris Trevler? What? I've honestly what are your thought, thoughts? I've honestly thought as a quarterback, the guy has always been quite overrated. I'm kind of on the same in the same camp with Will. I was surprised that he even got an NFL um, tryout in the first place. Because when you remember here, when he was up with the Bombers before, he was not a big-time passer. He was a guy they mainly brought in to run the ball. He was never the guy yep. who was uh, putting up big passing numbers. So could he be an asset? Uh, maybe a slight one, but honestly, in terms of being a quarterback, I've never thought the guy was that good. No, so, no, neither did I. Yep. Fact, I, I, I. I didn't see any any upside to him at all. But, you know, 
and and you go and he got a shot in the NFL and he stuck for how long? Two, three years now. Since yeah. he, he he left I'm, after the 2019 season. I'm genuinely surprised at this, but hey, yeah, it happens. Huge. So. But please tell me that he's he he could not assist. Some of the teams that have pathetic quarterbacks right now, like Taylor Cornelius. Yeah, he'd definitely be an upgrade. I don't think there's much you doubt know, about that. Right? I mean, it, it shit. And and he is growing as a quarterback. He is throwing the ball a lot more than he used to. Uh, he's maturing as a quarterback. He's probably got some pretty goddamn good coaches with him. Not necessarily at the Jets, but, you know, just personal ones, trainers and stuff. I'm, so I'm pretty sure he's worked on his dynamics. He's worked on his gameplay. He's, he's, if he's smart, he's in the film room more than anywhere. I, I'm i not saying he's smart. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with uh, Chris Strebler mm-hmm. coming back to the CFL. I, I honestly think it would be good. Good thing. I, I think now that he's been in the NFL, to come back to the CFL would be a marketing coup for the CFL. I think the amount of people that would be watching him from the U.S. would be huge. Yeah, maybe he's gained so, a following down there. Yeah, it, it's not that he was a big star like Ocho Cinco, but... You know, it, it's still, he's, there's a lot of people out there, and all of a sudden, you know, the, yeah, he was a really big star in the CFL, and I came down here, didn't quite make the team, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Oh, back to the CFL, winning, 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 winning. Yeah, it could have some serious potential on the upside for the CFL, and that's not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing when uh, when the CFL gets media from the U.S., uh, one thing that we missed out of the last uh, segment here is Paul Apolise on the hot seat. Is is this a do or die thing for him? Is uh, Ottawa needs to win for him to keep his job? Is he that bad of a coach in Ottawa? I don't think Ottawa's as bad as their record is, that's for sure. And I said that right from the beginning when they took Winnipeg to the limit twice. Uh, hugely improved team, but you know, it was Winnipeg was just too much for them to handle. But then so's every other team has just been too much for them to handle. So yeah, I don't have a problem with that, but uh is La Police on the hot seat? I think any coach that's losing constantly is on the hot seat. And when you're two and eight, that's pretty much on the hot seat. Um I, I probably would have more faith in Paul Apolise as a head coach than I do Ryan Dinwiddie. And Ryan Dinwiddie's only got the job because he's at 500 football. He's Every time that I think he's going to get fired, he wins. Now, is it him winning or is it his team winning or is it because of him that the team is winning? Wow, a lot of thought. Deep, complicated thinking right here. Uh, William. Open the mic and let's talk about this. Is Paul Apolise on what? the hot seat? Is Paul no. Apolise on the hot seat? No, I don't think so. 
I, I think is Ryan Dinwiddie? I think what uh, I don't think so either. As much as I hate to say it, I don't think so either. I think, they're winning enough to I keep think, them off. I think these teams are starting to pretend like they're Winnipeg. And how many times did we say Michael Shea could have got fired the first five years he was in Winnipeg? And I think a lot of teams are adopting that, which is good, okay, which is good. I mean, I I, I think if you look around the league, okay, I think BC has a good head coach. I think Calgary has a good head coach. Saskatchewan, not so sure about. Um, Edmonton, I think he's a good coach too, despite what he's like. Um, Ottawa, I think La Police is a good coach. Montreal, fuck off Danny Machocha. Um, and, and Toronto, I don't think they have a good coach, but more and more teams are getting stronger coaches, and I, and I think they're going to give them more of a chance. Because it doesn't make sense to change them every year. You get no, you get nothing from doing that, obviously. Yeah, there's so, some merit to that. There you go. I mean, I, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope if someone does get fired as a head coach, I hope Kahari Jones gets the kick of the cat. To be honest with you, to be a head coach again. So. Okay. Charles. We shall see. We shall see. Go ahead, Charles. I mean, you got to look at the record last year, which was awful, and this year is not much better. I mean, eventually something's got to give, and usually it's the coach you're going to fire. But the problem is you can't just keep firing coaches. You got to look at the the, the rest of the team. You got to look at the general manager. It's way too often the coaches are made scapegoats. But to be honest. I don't know if it really makes sense to fire another coach. Try and figure out a better way to figure this, figure this out than just constantly firing coaches because that just, to me, just pushes the problem down the road, and it's a finding a scapegoat. So uh, I don't think he should be fired personally. Don't argue with that. It's one of those things that has to happen. A little bit of dead air there for a minute. Lost mm-hmm. my train of thought. A little bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyhow, uh, Paul Apolise is solid. Is there any quarterbacks in the – or, sorry, uh, coaches, head coaches in the CFL right now that are on the hot seat? Chris Jones doesn't look like he's doing very well in Edmonton, but I still have faith that he's going to turn that team they're around. Give, I think the they're going to give him some time. They're going to give him some time, definitely. Ryan Dinwiddie should have been fired already, but the the guy keeps winning, um, and probably will again this weekend. Hard to find, hard to fire a coach that's got a winning record, uh, and and is number one in the division, so that he's kind of safe. Orlando Steinauer, uh, well, we talked about that earlier. I think he's pretty stable, and Danny Machoch is the general manager, and he knows he's looking for a coach, or at least he should be. So that's kind of stable. Nobody in the West is really challenged, although Craig Dickinson might be or should be. Um, what do you think there, William? 
Oh, I don't think we should get rid of Craig Dickinson yet. I think you should give him another season. We'll see, because Cody Fajardo looked pretty good. And the nice thing is, Dave Dickinson did make that. He did make the decision last week to pull Cody Fajardo because he wasn't playing well, and that showed me something about him. I, I still think Dickinson has to be a good coach just because his brother's a good coach. So, I mean, oh fuck, you know that doesn't mean anything. Well, I guess not. I'm just I'm just bantering uh, now because it's late and I'm tired. So I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. We've only got uh, a, about three minutes left in the show, so we're going to touch one other thing. Oh, okay. One notice that we didn't get did uh, uh, the the did we do this last week that the mayor of Surrey said that the BC Lions should have a uh, a stadium or he wants to build a sixty thousand seat stadium in in Surrey. Well, we didn't uh, have, we didn't a, have a show. Last week. We couldn't have. We didn't have a show. Oh yeah, we didn't. We didn't we have a show have last a show. week, so we couldn't talk about yep. it. So, yeah, that, that was one of the announcements that came out. I thought that was very interesting. That is something that I have been proposing and suggesting for years, is that there needs to be a stadium out in the valley. The BC Lions need to get out of the downtown core. They will be highly successful. A 60,000-seat stadium I don't think is too big. Most people think that it should be in the 35,000 range. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's nice to have a... A, a cozy crowd, a smaller stadium with constantly full. But I think with the population of the Fraser Valley in Vancouver, I think that you could fill a 60,000-seat stadium if it was uh, in the right location. You need to keep it close to a sky train that is going to bring people from Vancouver because most Vancouver people do not want to get out into the Fraser Valley uh, so the SkyTrain's got to go. They'll have to connect the SkyTrain from the King George Station into Langley City. And if they do that, then uh, it should go right by where the new stadium's going to be. That's my thought on that one. Uh, we got two minutes left in the show. Charles, you want to say something real quick on that? Just quickly, I'd love to see a stadium in Surrey for selfish reasons. It's closer to me, and I think it would... Uh, it would draw a lot better. Unfortunately, the guy pitching it is a bit of a nut job, so we'll see if anything really materializes from it. I'd love to see it. I still kind of do think 60,000 is a little bit too big. I'd be more comfortable with 30 to 40,000, but, I mean, whatever. We'll see if anything happens from it. I don't know. But I'd love to see it myself. Okay, I have a question for you, Charles. Are you talking yep. about me? Or the mayor of Surrey being a nut job? No, the mayor of Surrey, uh, Doug McCallum, he's a bit okay. of a wacko. Oh, no, okay. I think okay. he was just, talking just, about you. I think he was talking about you. Just, clar- just clarifying this a little bit, okay. Uh, minute, one minute left of the show. Uh, this We're has done. been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 500. Yes, we did it in two parts. I'm sorry about that, but uh, we did do the show. Uh, thank you very much, Charles and Will, for coming on board and staying with me all of these years, all of these years, and hopefully we can do a whole pile more. Uh, maybe we'll get some people back. Maybe we'll see some new people. Maybe we'll see a lot of things. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. I, I'm enjoying our podcast now. Uh, I kind of picked it up. I was really uh, kind of depressed about it a while back. I was going to pack it in, and uh, now I think we'll just keep going. It's a good thing. Charles, say good night. 
Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Labor Day games this weekend, and we will talk to you next week in September. And William. Good night, good night, everybody. And I'm going to say it has been a pleasure dealing with both Christopher and Charles through all these episodes. And uh, we are the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're the we're the we're the pillars of this podcast. And so, hey. It's been a good time. So thank you. Hey, buddy, take care. Oh, yeah, man.